This is the Pick It Up Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pick It Up Podcast, episode 41. I almost lost track. And I'm here with a new, I want to say face, but it is a new face. It'll be a new voice today. I'm here with Clay, your newest coach. And we are going to get to learn more about him, you know, how he got started in the fitness industry, all kinds of things. How's it going, Clay? It's going really well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for making time. This was a very, a rather difficult one to schedule between the two Apparently, of us. Yeah, busy, busy lives. It's all good. Yep. But either way, thank you for your time. Uh, so like I said, we're just going to get to know more about you, the person that is leading more of our morning classes, our 9 a.m. across the board for the time being, and then a couple really early mornings. Um, how in the world do you do it at 5 a.m. come in with so much energy? <laughs> it's... I've had that question a lot. I just, it's, it's more, it's more, I just, I just know I'm excited to work with people. And even if someone looks drained, maybe that's funny to me. And it gives me a little bit of energy. <laughs> I mean, cause you come in pumped up, maybe the most pumped up any of us have ever been at 5am. I know I like, I appreciate it when I hear it and I, you know, others appreciate it too. So that was kind of ass tongue in cheek. Um, before we get to the fitness side of things, where are you from? You're not from Colorado. No, not from Colorado. Been in Colorado now for 11 years. Uh, I was born and raised in LA, California. Um, it's awesome, awesome family network out there. Um, I was 24 years, lived out there. So it's a pretty cool place for me. Uh, it's a pretty busy place, so if anyone's never visited, just anticipate a lot of traffic. That's no joke. That's not a stereotype. I, yeah, I, I completely agree. I've been there one time and I said, I'm okay if I never come back. <laughs> it's wild, yeah. I go, I pretty much, when I go back home at this point, it's for the food and the people and that's about it. Do you get to go home often? Do you oh, try to go home often? I try to go home. I go, but normally it's about once a year. My wife's family is also in other states, so it's trying to, which state do we go to this year? And Sure. Yeah, so. But your wife, Kelly. Yes. She's from Colorado Springs. Native born in Aurora, yes. Okay, born in Aurora. But elementary school essentially moved out here, so. Okay. She's lived in Colorado Springs her whole life, essentially. Gotcha. How long have you two been married? Uh, going on eight years now. We have very similar timelines in our lives. We do. Yes, we do. I've noticed. Yeah, we. I've been here eleven years. I've been married seven years. Yeah. Um, Kids. Kids. Yep. So you also have two children. Two children. My oldest boy and then youngest girl. Oldest boy is five, and his sister is three. Five and three. Yeah. Interesting names. Valen and Alora. Where'd the names come from? Kelly's, she's the brains behind everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was reading a Viking book and she thought Valen was a super cool name. And I was like, yeah, it is. Yeah, I was going to say, it definitely. Is. She was right about that. <laughs> so yeah. uh, so we went with that. Um, I had no arguments on that. I liked the name Aurora. And then there was another name she thought was similar and right in between landed Elora. Okay. So that, yeah, that's where that came from. It was, it was originally going to be Aurora and then... And that's and you just said that's where Kelly was born, Aurora. Aurora, yeah. Did she not want to do that because of that? No, I don't. um, Okay. She liked it, and we had it was either Aurora or Rowan, and then somehow she had this other twist on Aurora, and I was like, oh yeah, and I don't know how she came up with Laura, 
But I was like, yeah, let's go with that. That's awesome. Gotcha. So yeah. you and Kelly, Valen and Alora. Yep. How did you and Kelly meet? <laughs> she was my employee at Who Hot Mongolian Grill. <laughs> did you hire her? Yeah, I was yeah. the hiring manager. I met her the day that everyone was going through training. So Hoo Hot was not in Colorado Springs yet. It was planned to be in. And the Seas Candy wasn't in town either off of Academy and like Briargate. That was an empty building. So they used that empty building as our like location to do all the hiring and onboarding and stuff like that. Um, I was at a school district originally um, Doing teaching. What? I was a severe special needs para. Ah. Yep. So that was my original. I was like, I'm going to go that direction and maybe get into coaching and wanted to get an aspect. Uh, someone saw my application online because it was still online. I was trying to get a job when I sure. first moved out here. And they're like, oh, you should come work for me. I, was, uh, I don't know. I really got a job that I really like. Um, the pay wasn't all that great, though, at the time. Um, so he offered me a little more money, and I needed it at the time so I could go to school, which I eventually did. First day of training, everybody, you know, scanning in business, uh, you know, business documents for I-9s and whatnot. I yeah. hand her driver's license back. And that was the first time I actually met her. Didn't really pay attention because I'm handing out a bunch of driver's license. Sure. Um, but uh, that, that day, it was early December, something like that. That was when we officially met and then led to her finding a new job. <laughs> she, she, because we were working together. She was a server. I was a manager. So she uh, was like, all right. One of us has to get a new job. How long did wait? So, you helped set her up with like you hired her, did documents, things like that. Mm -hmm. How long did you two work together at Hoo Hot before you were like, okay, we probably should not work together if we really are going to pursue this marriage? Uh, not too long. It was probably, I mean, well, uh, not too long in a big picture thing. Uh, it was, well, I would say three months, maybe four months or so. Okay. And it was, yeah, probably at least four months um, into the year. I was getting closer to summertime. No, I had to have been in summer, so probably four or five months in when she was finally and came to her. So then she you fired her. her. She quit on her <laughs> own, yeah. <laughs> yeah, boot out of here. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of us just being as professional as we could at the workplace and met friends, which is how I met you. Yep, yep, yep. Well, for, I mean, before we really move on from that, that's, I mean, I spent a lot of time in the restaurant industry as well. Yeah. What you're saying you two willingly did is so unheard of in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Like, working in a restaurant is like, you know, working in high school. Yeah. For, for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just crazy that you guys were willing to do that. Where did she go? Uh, she went to a sports bar called Champs. Hated it there. And then she went, I want to say she went back to Red Robin. Gotcha. After that, because she worked at Red Robin for like eight years between high school and college and whatnot. So okay. she had a longstanding good relationship with that company. So she worked there. I stayed at Hoo Hot. Um, things got complicated at work because as as she was like getting ready to quit, um, it, it became well known that we were dating on the outside of the restaurant. So then it was like two weeks of like tension with other managers and whatnot. It was a very lame situation. Sure. But yeah. um, all moved on. I stayed with Hoo Hot for quite a while before I ended up going to personal training. So you mentioned severe special needs para. Yeah. Correct. Is that what you thought you were going to do growing up? Like when did that uh -huh. become a part of your life? So you thought that, you were going to be Spider-Man when you were growing pretty up. Pretty much, okay. yeah, it really was. <laughs> I think everybody's caught on to the Spider-Man stuff. Still dress the you're, part. Yeah. yeah, you're a very big Spider-Man <laughs> fan. Yes. 
Um, and that will segue into that's how I kind of got into fitness and whatnot. But um, when I first moved out here, there was a, a family friends that I kind of befriended when I moved out here. And the mom of the family was working at the school district. And she said, you'd be perfect. You know, it's a great thing. You're off on the summer and you get paid. And so I guess this always sounds great. And I always want to maybe get into coaching. So maybe this is my way in. And, coaching what? Uh, particularly, I was probably going to look towards coaching track and field. Okay. That's, that was my big background. Um, so I knew the most about that sport, liked that sport the most, and couldn't coach martial arts in high school. So. Sure. <laughs> um, so I thought, okay, that would be a good, good segue in. And so I started doing that, and I did that for almost a year. And it was, it was really awesome. It was very fulfilling. And in the, um, in the back burner now, I still think about that and go, well, what I know now and what I've done before, maybe there's somewhere I can start volunteering for like uh, Paralympics or Special Olympics and kind of take what I have now and the experience what I have then and move forward that, in that direction. So it was, uh, it was amazing. It was one of the coolest, most fulfilling. Never felt like a job. Similar to what I'm doing now. Sure. Never felt like a job. It was great. So let's get to it. How did you get into the fitness industry? <laughs> um, so... Oh, you don't know. You're you're on the you're on the on the list of things that got me. So how I I knew I wanted to become a personal trainer when I moved out here originally. So about like 2000, 2011, I was like, okay, I need to figure out what direction I'm going to go in life. And a lot of people had always said, hey, you should be a trainer. You should be a trainer. Living in California, I was like, well, I don't know celebrities, so I don't sure. know how this is going to work. <laughs> um, yeah, and going by Gold's Gym in, in California was like walking by like a movie set I was just like well those are the, where the real people go to work out sure so it was very like traumatized almost <laughs> um, so I always wondered how I could even become a personal trainer because I thought personal training was something that you would do for movie stars I didn't know general public gotcha. got personal trainers so then I moved out here and kind of did a little more research um, had more people telling me hey you should do this you should do this oh, fine finally do it um, and then I knew this guy named Matt Forrester that had gotten out of personal training school. So I asked him, he said, hey, Matt, how do I do this? And he said, go to NPTI. And, oh, okay. So um, that was in, yeah, 2012. That, 11, okay, that was, 2011, yeah. 2011, 2012, something like that, yeah. So then at that point, I think I was teaching there. Yeah, it was like right when you were at, like you were just exiting. I yeah. Think, yep. I think I started right when you, no, because Andrew Miller had just started. I think he was picking Yeah, but right you and there. I were never there at the same not, time. Not at the same time, no. Okay. No. I didn't think so. Um, so you were at fitness 19, I think. Yep. Um, yeah, there was some overlap there. And then, so that was, you said 2011, pretty sure 12, 11, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. So much longer than most people stay in the fitness industry. Yes. I've noticed that because then after you graduated, you've managed some other big boxes, big chains. Yes. And probably had the constant shuffle of employees and trainers and Always, you can't yeah. see right now, but he's kind of rolling his eyes and shaking <laughs> his head. Like it, it really it's is insane. never ending. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's, you know, like when you go to a restaurant, you find like your favorite server and they just happen to be there, like the old trusty piece of furniture, but the rest of everything around them always changes. Um, there's very few people like that. And, uh, it is definitely like they'd say a revolving door because a lot of people have a hard time putting in the consistent work ethic, I think, and understanding that it is almost like a lot of voluntary time in the beginning. 
you just have to always be in the gym and be available in the gym and be willing to talk to random strangers and make yourself available even if you're not on the clock. There's not a lot of on-the-clock time as a personal trainer. Yeah, make yourself available more than you ever thought you would need to make yourself available. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so yeah, because once I got into the training industry, I was still at Hoo-Hot. So my times were like, hey, you want to do it like 5.30 in the morning before I go to work for a 12-hour shift and then come back and try to help somebody later at night? Like it was, it was like I just wanted to do what I could, anything I could to get out of the restaurant industry. So I knew I had to like start doing something and eventually I got hired on and I could drop down my restaurant time to part-time. And, but it's a lot of just, yeah, you have to make yourself available and you can't just think that everyone's just going to – Hey, you're a trainer? Okay, let's just get started. Like, that doesn't really happen often at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I – I completely agree, and I don't know if I ever said this on here, but I'll never forget leaving school and becoming a personal trainer and then going back as an employee and being in my first staff meeting and being asked, like, hey, you just graduated from here. What, you know, what do we need to fix? What do we need to do more of? And I just was like, you did not tell me that it was a sales job. For sure. Like as yeah. naive oh, as yeah. that sounds. No, it's in yeah. hindsight, I like I I feel so naive saying that. Mm-hmm. But in time, I'm like, I thought everybody would know. I'm the guy to see. Like, so you know, it's just dumb things. Like, it I is. went to the school that's very specialized. Yeah, yeah. I had no, no idea. One, and no one, if you're not already a personal trainer, or if you didn't go to the school, you don't know what the school is. No. So I'm telling people, I went to MPTI. They're like, oh, uh, okay. They're like changing the letters on us. And they're like, you went to NTPI, right? I'm yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter as much as I thought it did. Yeah, yeah. special to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I graduated with honors. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, and when you were, were you married when, were you and Kelly married when you finished MPTI? When you started in PTI? Mm, no, after shortly after we fin- I finished MPI. T- oh. See now you're changing letters. That doesn't mean as much as you thought. Nope. Yeah, that's <laughs> over. Uh, I finished NPTI. Um, I had a part-time job at a small gym, a uh, local gym here in town, half gym, half martial arts studio, and uh, got married then. So that was yeah September of yeah September fifth, two thousand thirteen, when we got married. So it was almost a year. We got married about a, almost a year after I had graduated because I started at BTI at like the end of 12 and then yeah went through that semester and finished in 2013 or something like that gotcha no uh, whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah it got you here today yeah 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 yeah. so what is your what do you love most about your job whether it's personal training whether it's getting back to group classes what's your favorite thing uh really it's it's seeing the the moment where people realize like they're getting stronger and it's benefiting them outside of life and not just stronger physically but like stronger mentally to get through certain things because like sometimes it does take a lot of mental effort to get through a workout or even get to your workout get to the workout, um, yeah. and as they start to realize like wow yeah i've actually come a long way mentally they're they're more dedicated they have better discipline they have self-motivation those are the things that i really like um I, I do enjoy pushing people though. I, I like seeing someone have to struggle a little bit, but get out of it. And sometimes we all need that little extra kick. So I like, I like being able to give them that kick because in high school, my track and field coach and you know, my martial arts coaches and wrestling and stuff like that, like, I had that person in my ear um, that could push me when I kind of didn't want to go because we all get that point where it's like I just want to stop like it's a natural thing your brain just is like you're done uh, this is uncomfortable let's stop but when someone can 
push through that point and realize, you know what, it wasn't that bad. Those things can start to transfer over into so much more in their life day to day. And that's like really exciting for me. I love it. What do you, thank you for sharing that, what do you consider your specialty? Oh my gosh. Because, I mean, yeah. there are so many different avenues that you can go down as a trainer, yeah. as a coach. So, yeah, it's, it, it's the pigeonholes are yeah. endless. Um, I would say, you know, like right now, or at least over the last couple of years, I've been getting a lot more um, research and time spent learning about the entire nervous system and the brain itself and how that plays an impact on our muscles and our movements. Um, so if I were to, in the future, specialize in anything, it would probably be more the neuromechanics behind our bodies and our strength and things like that. Um, an easy answer would be kettlebells, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't looking for an easy answer. I was looking for the truth. All right, yeah. Which, the truth, yeah, more, more than the neural side of things. Um, as I've learned more about how the brain impacts our movement, how our movement impacts our brain and, and sensory and everything else, I've helped some clients with their vertigo issues. I've helped clients with uh, chronic pain issues that they've had for years that docs were just like, well, you're just going to have to live with it. Sorry. Um, stuff that I wasn't even sure how to fix with just the traditional right, stretch this, strengthen that, rest here, work here. and don't do this, do that kind of yeah. mentality and being able to take things into consideration of like, well, let's take a look at how your eyes function or what's going on with your equilibrium and your system that controls where you're balancing with gravity. And let's look at your skin and your shoulder. I had a lady that was like, oh, I went to knee surgery. Now my knee's worse. And I really didn't do much with her knee. I spent more time on an old shoulder surgery that she had and the scar on her surgery specifically. Wow. And then that got her out of her knee pain. So that's the stuff that I'm like, wow, it's so weird, but it's so awesome. Learning those things for me is now making me more capable of taking care of most people that walk in front of me in some way or another. It's cool. It's, yeah, so I've never, and that's where I wanted, I honestly wanted you to go. Cool. Just to talk awesome. about those things because that's... He held up a sign and said, talk about this. Because <laughs> <laughs> those... <laughs> Those are things that I've never fully entrenched myself with, but I know that you've done a lot of studying with that. Um, and that's and one of my favorite things about, I mean, when did you come here? I don't know, like a month or two ago. Well, not yeah. to coach classes, but like, oh, I mean, you've okay. been here, what, like three or four uh, months? April? I don't know. Something April? like that. Yeah. There's been so many times that you're sitting in a corner. And I'm like, what is this weird spider? He's watching <laughs> Spider-Man. And then I come and ask, and you're like doing your next course or just refreshing yeah. and really staying on top of it. Um, so it's been really cool to see that happening. Um, and I can tell that you're really passionate about it. And I definitely want to somehow work it in eventually on like, let's For see sure. you know, how we can do this on a Saturday kind of thing and introduce people to it. You've said before, because I've made fun of it, <laughs> like... Yeah, you and your voodoo stuff. It and you're like, it like does seem yeah. like voodoo. It's not for everybody. Oh, yeah. I don't talk about it all the time. <laughs> so that's why I also wanted to see if you were going to bring it up. Yeah, definitely going to bring it up. Um, so if, if for anyone listening that has been in class with me, if I've recommended something that sounds kind of off the wall, this is the voodoo stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not just like eyeballs and inner ears and you know skin sensory stuff. There are like specific joint movements. You have a lot, a lot of nerve endings in every single joint, especially like wrists and ankles. So when I give you a wrist or ankle drill, it's upregulating neural activity in your brain 
which is probably located right next to something that involves your shoulder or your hip or your spine. So if I can upregulate neural activity in your brain, I could also upregulate movement patterns because sensory information always comes in first, then your body decides what to do with that information and says, okay, now let's move. Is it heavy? Is it hot? Is it windy? Is it a snake? Is it dangerous? Is it, oh, should I sit here and do nothing? Like, there's always a decision pattern first before output comes. So we could essentially get you some better input through a better drill with your eyes or better input through your skin or ankle, whatever it is, you might move better. It's so interesting. And it's, I definitely want to do some of that with you on my, you know. Yeah, for sure. You and me. Um, all right. I'm going to hit you. You broke your rubber band. I'm yeah, going to hit you with my drills. Five, <laughs> five quick questions. Yeah. Simple. Cool. You just answer them. All right. At least four of them are pretty simple. What is your favorite exercise? Turkish get-ups. People are so sick of hearing us say that on this podcast, <laughs> but I knew you were going to say it. What is your least favorite exercise? <sighs> Barbell overhead shoulder press. All right. Yeah. Surprise. Definitely the first time somebody said that. Yeah. yeah. What is your favorite workout? Do you have a favorite workout? Ooh, um, that's tough. I don't yeah. know. Unreliable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have a favorite workout yet. Um, I, I'll have to think of that. That's okay. Uh, the Turkish Delight is pretty awesome. What's the Turkish Delight? Oh my gosh. It's a, it starts with five Turkish get-ups, and then it's like a hundred jump rope, and then uh, I think it's... Now I'm blanking out on what it is. It's like six different movements, and it's essentially like a, a ladder or a pyramid. You mm-hmm. start with Turkish get-ups, and then jump rope, next movement, jump rope, next movement, jump rope. And then you have the peak, which is thrusters, and then you work away in reverse. And it's like squats and... Renegade Rose. Okay. Oh, man. That's yeah, a yeah, ridiculous yeah, combination. Turkish get-ups, I think Renegade Rose, squats, then thrusters, then squats, Renegade Rose, and Turkish get-ups again. But uh, double-unders or jump rope, whatever you do, in between, all that. And it's for time. It's like a 20-minute workout or something. That, is that like your best time? Oh, no. No. Oh, okay. On average, it's probably gotcha. an ish, 20-inch minute workout. I'm going to look that up. I've never it's, heard yeah, of it. Yeah, well, Turkish Delight, I'm pretty sure is the name of it. Turkish Delight. Yeah. All right. Last one. What is your advice to someone wanting to start working out? Think big. Start small, but begin now. It's probably the easiest thing I could say. If you want to start working out, find the time and place that's most comfortable for you to work out and start there. Don't try to jump too far out of the comfort zone unless that's your personality. Um, some people will try to change too dramatically and it just doesn't work. So find the one thing or the one place that you feel comfortable starting to exercise because if you're not regularly exercising, you're probably not comfortable with it and you need to get started somewhere. So if you can start either at home or in a gym that makes you feel comfortable um, at a time that you know you can be consistent at, pick that one time and at least make sure you're hitting it just that one week and be like, cool, I got it this week. Don't go like, cool, I'm gonna start going five days a week right now, you know, from here on forward. Because you might set up yourself for failure because you're like, oh, I didn't make it five days, I only did three, so I guess it's not gonna work. Like, if you can do one day this week and you haven't done one day all year, that's a 100% increase. That's true. Like, you gotta start somewhere. And if you can start with consistent wins, you're gonna build your confidence level up, you're gonna build your routine up, and then you can expand on that. Um, so I'm, I'm big on, you know, if you start, you know, think the big picture, obviously, like, which you're never going to get to that big picture if you don't start now, but start with something simple that you can actually accomplish. 
And then once you can accomplish that, maybe that'll boost you into like, hey, you know what, I'm gonna do this three times a week. And you know, maybe you're successful at that, but if you can't be successful at putting a small rock in a jar, what makes you think you're gonna knock out a big rock and keep that there? So I kind of take an inverted idea of, instead of putting your big rocks in your jar and then put all the small rocks in, and if you're so undisciplined, you can't even rock out a small rock, like what makes you think you're gonna knock out? Sure. You know, so start with something that's realistic with a good time of day for you. Um, once that's consistent and you feel good about that, build on that. You, know, you, could, you could blow up on that, whatever you wanna do, but at least get a start somewhere. So that would be, that would be my, th- my thing. Um, and if you're completely clueless, you really don't know what to do, you know, talk to somebody, Come, talk to a trainer. Like our jobs are to make you feel comfortable and make you successful. Um, if you can't trust a professional, then you're, you're going to be a hard time. <laughs> and I want to qualify forward. that with a professional yeah. in person and not just reading a million things on the internet. No, yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah. Um, just remember, yeah, anybody can post anything online. It doesn't make them a professional. Um, try to find somebody in person. That's the, because that way you know personality-wise, there's accountability, there's motivation, there's physical in person. I can see what I'm supposed to do. I'm getting cued. I'm corrected. Um, yeah, with with that missing piece, you're not. You don't know what you're doing wrong. Because you're not a professional, obviously, because you're looking for help. I like it. And you're right. That is an inverted approach. You know, everybody always talks about filling the jar with the big rocks first. Yeah. Getting the pebbles in there. There's awesome. time and place for that always, but. Always. Yeah. Well, Clay, thank you for your time. Absolutely. I know I don't, I speak for more than just myself when I say we're excited to have you. Pick it up. So thanks for jumping right in. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys in class. Once again, thank you for listening to the Pick It Up podcast. Please remember that we do these shows for you. So if there is ever anything that you would like us to cover, don't be shy. Just let us know. We will talk to you next week.